0: Hello critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, slash my co-host, Devin. And today, we're here to give our spoiler-free thoughts and insights on Avatar The Way of Water. And on the back half of this episode, I will be covering my Blu-ray coverage of The Woman King, which is now available at your local retail store. But before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, how was your time on Pandora? <laughs> How's your week been, buddy? <laughs>
1: I, had, I had quite a long time in in Pandora yesterday. I watched both movies in the same day. That's like six hours on that, uh, on that planet, just kind of hanging out, soaking it all in. Yeah, whew,
0: man, <laughs> six six whole hours on Pandora. I I will say I I did watch the first Avatar myself a few days prior. Actually, it was the day before, and I got to say I, I I enjoyed it. You know, like it it you know it's it's a story we've seen multiple times before. But in its defense, I will say you know how many times do we see the same hero's journey over and over. How many times do we see the same sitcom? Uh, situations play out in all these different shows over and over but yeah I definitely uh, I felt like I needed to watch uh, the first Avatar again before watching this sequel which what it's 13 years later can you believe it it's insane like that is it's crazy to think about
1: we got we got Top Gun and this in the same year yeah, it's got to be a record for the longest time between sequels.
0: I know, like, I don't know what's going on there, but it's like the strangest thing ever when it comes to these sequels. Where in both sequels, I mean, to be honest, I think they both surpass the original, um, especially Top Gun, uh, for sure. Because I did not like the first Top Gun, all. That yeah, so it, it, it was
1: okay altogether.
0: But yeah, so you just been watching some Avatar to spend some time in Pandora.
1: Um, Did you finish Andor yet? I have not. I've been on the Wednesday train lately, powering through that one.
0: Uh, I need to. We're 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 almost done for the year, so I'm just trying to you know have us push through the rest of this year, and then you know we'll be taking our our standard two week break to kind of decompress. And you know, get up ready for next year.
1: I plan on finishing it tomorrow on a Wednesday. It feels right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got one more
0: episode. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Just eight episodes altogether. Yep. Okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, as I mentioned before, we will be getting into our spoiler-free thoughts on Avatar: The Way of the Water, as this movie is clogging in a little bit
1: over three hours. Our second three-hour movie in one week time. It's crazy.
0: I know. Right. Oh, my gosh. So Babylon. Well, (laughs) it's been more for me because I watched Tar, which was pushing three hours, not exactly three hours. It was around 240, 245, but it might as well have been three hours. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we watched uh, Babylon, um, which will be coming out on the podcast very soon or spoiler free thoughts for that. And I watched the Fablemans as well. I've been on a big, you know, uh, screener kick because I'm trying to get through as many as these, uh, before uh, my voting <laughs> for my, um, for my, uh, film guild or however you want my association, and whatnot. So yeah, I've been watching, uh, watched The Woman King, uh, watched uh, Women Talking, watched She Said, The Fablemans. Uh, oh, it's, it's been crazy. And of course, you know, we watched Babylon and I think my next one is going to be Bones and All. I'm not entirely sure. I, th- I think that might be the next, next one I tackle. I have a few more left and then I'm kind of just done. But yeah, I had to get through a lot of these bad boys. I'm on the very, the home stretch. So with all of that said, Devin, are you ready to take just one more trip? back to pandora
1: i mean there's gonna, be, there's gonna be plenty more down the road planned if, as long as this one does well
0: yeah i was gonna say depending <laughs> how much did he uh, did us um uh, not spielberg sorry i'm <laughs> i'm thinking of the Fablemans. how much money did cameron james cameron say this needs to make an order for avatar 3 to get greenlit
1: it's, he said it was like a billion to break even and then like more than that get the sequels going
0: i somewhere i read it was like three billion like i think that's worldwide though i'm not entirely sure um if anyone out there wants to correct me let me know over at film optics on twitter so with all that said ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back after this introduction to avatar the way of water
1: Why do you come
0: to us? I just want to keep my family safe.
1: Treat them as our brothers and sisters. Teach them our ways. Keep up for us, boy! If you want to live here, you
0: have to ride. Let's do it. Just breathe. Breathe. And we are back. You just heard a little snip of Avatar, The Way of Water, and the director of this film is the man, the myth, the legend himself, James Cameron. And the writers include James Cameron, as well as Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. And this movie stars Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, and many, many more. More um, surprised voices popped up in this one for me. I believe Kate Winslet is a part of this as
1: well. Yeah, that's the big surprise one. I didn't even realize until after
0: I yeah, I didn't realize actually until today. So I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it, there, there's so many talented people attached to this uh to this film. And the story is as follows: Jake Sully lives with this newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with the Natari an army of the Na'vi race to protect their home. So it seems similar to the first Avatar, again, that came out 13 years ago, but it's different, and we'll get into that here in a bit. But I'm going to shut my trap for now, because I'm very interested to hear what Devin has to say about this movie. So, Devin, what are your initial reactions on this film?
1: Yeah, it's very interesting going into this one. I feel like uh, Avatar in general has been getting kind of dogpiled on in recent years just because the the original has not aged as well as some other movies have, and I think people are realizing that the story is, is pretty basic and there really isn't much to it. It is more of a visual spectacle than anything, and that kind of has become the popular thought amongst people nowadays. And I think going into this one, there was a lot going against this movie for me personally. Um, I just think 13 years after just been so long since the original it kind of feels like it's been hard to like get people hyped for avatar again and then james cameron's also been on the interview circuit just keeps talking and saying weird things talking about marvel and comparing it to that and talking about the budget it needs to make to turn profit like just weird stuff that directors don't usually talk about and it just kind of comes off a little weird and then on top of all that my screening yesterday was delayed by a whole hour so i was sitting there just having to wait we didn't know what was going on. We kept getting updates, but an hour later, it finally started. Despite all of that, I, I still came away impressed with the movie overall. And I still had a, a really good time because of how just how amazing it all looks. Like back in 2009, Avatar was a phenomenon just because of the 3D visuals that everyone had. It swept the nation. I remember we were probably in what, like seventh or eighth grade when that came out. Yeah. And I, we I remember seeing it. It was like during the winter. And I just remember going to see it and being blown away. And understanding why it was so popular, and this one just pushes those those visuals just even further. And 3D movies just aren't really a thing; they never became a thing. But for this, you just have to see in 3D because it's it's made for it. It's built specifically for 3D. So if you're ever going to see a 3D movie, this is the one to see it. You don't have to see any other movie in 3D, but this one it's it. It's just amazing to look at, especially with the water scenes, the underwater scenes in 3D. It's, it's like it's really like you're there. It's it's pretty incre- insane what they did with those. Um, but as as far as the movie goes, I, I do see the similarities to the first one as far as it being kind of the story of two parts where the first part it's very slow building into something, and then the second half is just all action, like straight up, just going at it for like an hour straight. For me, I like the first the first act. I think I like how they set things up. I like the setup here where um, it is a familiar antagonist, and I like how um, they they did that. I thought that was pretty clever, how they set that all up. And that the second act definitely struggled a bit because I just kind of it was just kind of middling and kind of just kind of felt slow and and oddly paced. Um, A lot of whales. I don't even know what the creature was called, but they just looked like whales. So I was like, maybe this one should be called the way of the whale instead of Brendan Fraser. He could have he could have been in here, too. But yeah, then the third act, it's just amazing. It's just nonstop for about an hour, just kind of nonstop action back and forth on. On ship, on land, in the water, in the sky, all of it, and it just kind of all looks incredible. So it's kind of how it breaks down. Where I like the first and third acts, but the second one definitely felt like it overstayed its welcome.
0: So for my initial reactions, um, I wrote this on Letterbox earlier. Well, actually, it was like early this morning because I sometimes I've, I see a lot of people will like pump out their reactions like as soon as like their screener's over with. And for me, I kind of just had to sit down and, you know, sl- sleep on it, think on it. But, you know, a- after <laughs> eight plus nine hours later, um, I have actually came to the conclusion that this was a fantastic experience. And like Devin said, when it comes to the, em- the imaging, like just the visuals themselves, I constantly kept talking to myself saying, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, like, Oh my gosh. It I, I don't know how he filmed this outside of, we know that obviously all the actors are in mocap suits, but like outside of that, I, I don't know how he did. I don't know how he did
1: it. it. It's all, it's all blue people. Like the first one was like a lot of human stuff, but this one was just like all blue. It's all blue.
0: <laughs> it's all blue. <laughs> And obviously this movie is clocking in a little bit over three hours, but for me, it does start off a bit slow, but you know, it is trying to welcome people back to the world of Pandora. And I mean, like Devin said, we saw two, three hour movies within a span of two weeks. And I think this film avatar, the way of water was well paced throughout with lots of action, interesting characters, world building, and a deep sense of like camaraderie, a deep sense of family bonds, and the sense of, you know, what it means to be a family. And this movie was designed to be viewed in 3D. I mean, this is coming from a person who does wear glasses. And for anyone out there who was listening and saying, oh, you know, well, I have glasses, but I don't have contacts will my 3D glasses fit over my actual glasses? Um, I think it depends on your frame altogether, but I have pretty wider, like circular-esque frames, so my 3D glasses fit over my actual glasses, my prescription glasses.
1: They're just regular sunglasses nowadays. Like it's not like, it's not the cardboard ones that we used to have, but they're just kind of like regular sunglasses.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So luckily, you know, they, they have that, but um, honestly, I, I kind of, I want to see this again. Like as soon as I can probably towards a holiday season when I can see with family, but I think everyone should go see this movie this movie, it's so grand and it's so big, but the story is simple to follow, which is something I appreciate. Obviously the first Avatar, you know, it does have like that dances with wolves and Pocahontas vibes, but I like how James Cameron was able to take a grand story and simplify it because, you know, there there are these other spectacles and, you know, you can strip any movie down to its simple premise, but it's the way you tell the story. And I think James Cameron did a excellent job of pioneering that for these actors and for the audience because anyone can pick this up. And just watch it. You can, you know, enjoy the the spectacle. That's the visuals, the audio, and then the the story is better than the first one. At least for me, I'm not saying this is the best story of all time, but I have a feeling that James Cameron has taken some appreciation out of Hayao Miyazaki's uh, creative vision when it comes to environmental issues. Uh, for those who don't know, Hayao Miyazaki is a Japanese film director he created a lot of these studio ghibli uh, movies such as like spirited away princess mononoke which princess mononoke the film itself i see a lot of similarities between the two of avatar the way and wa- uh the way of the water or the way of water not the way of the water and princess mononoke but the main theme for me at least for the first avatar obviously you know you have the pocahontas type storyline, but it really was about the preservation of our forests. And I feel like one of the main themes of Avatar 2 is the protection of our oceans. like I mean that's that's just my thought process altogether, but you know that is a heavy theme in Avatar 2 or Avatar the way of Water probably just gonna call it avatar too just to you know because <laughs> i feel like a lot of people say the way of the water because that's what i thought it was originally <laughs> i was like oh that's a cool t-. i'm like oh it's the way of water
1: drop the the
0: but yeah overall um you know what devin had said before when it came to it does have a slow burn during the beginning but like i said before i feel like that's them trying to reintroduce people back to the world of pandora because at the end of the first Avatar, and we're just going to talk about the spoilers for the first Avatar, because you had 13 years. <laughs> so, you know, Jake has Jake Sully has somehow through through the, um, the well, not the home tree, but the their all mother. I guess you could call it. Um, he's he's now a Navi like through and through like he is his spirit is transferred from his hes
1: pure blue blooded
0: from his human body to the blue people. <laughs> but I also wanted to touch on the world building as well, because we see more of Pandora. We, you know, we, we see, obviously we, we have the forest navi and then there is, I'm just going to call them the ocean navi. And you, you see how evolution works on this world And it was just so cool to see, like, the water effects. And I'm sorry, I'm gushing right now, but the water effects.
1: Any scene that was underwater was just breathtaking.
0: It was crazy. And I just, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. For the longest time, James Cameron has been talking about water physics for years. I believe it kind of started with Aquaman. And he's like, oh, just wait until my movie comes out. He's like, I'll show you how water physics works.
1: Honestly, at times, it felt like I was playing a first-person video game.
0: I wanted to talk about that as well. Um, I believe the frames of this movie, I believe he went with 68. fps instead of like the 24
1: uh, i was just looking at the imdb trivia about the frames thing and it said that he initially wanted to go for higher frames but it looks like he stuck with the, the regular 24 frames for movies
0: yeah okay i'm actually looking at that same trivia right now for some reason i was talking to somebody and they're like oh yeah they're literally he went with 60 fps this one cinephile guy that i know i'm like oh that's odd but it's Feels like it's higher than 24 fps at times, which is very odd. But I guess that's maybe due to the 3D
1: because this movie it, it does say um, it does say certain scenes will utilize higher frame rate technology.
0: Okay, so that maybe that's what he was uh, referring to, my my buddy. But yeah, the 3D or the the 20 fps or 24 fps. At times, I do agree with you, Devin, it did feel like either I was either playing a video game or it was like quick time events of a, you know, of a video game altogether. Um, did, did you find that jarring at all or were you kind of just used to it altogether?
1: It just, helped, it just helped bring me into the world even more and just helped mm. make it a more enjoyable experience. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. That is very
0: interesting. And I guess in certain scenes, well, they utilize uh, a higher frame rate technology. Okay, yeah, like you said, that's pretty interesting. So, I mean, I know we've we've been gushing about it here for a while. Like I said before, this this movie was made for, it it was essentially made for the theater. I mean, I don't know how well it's going to look on a 2D screen. I know there are going to be 2D um, screen showings of Avatar The Way of Water, but I feel as though if you want the full experience, if you really want to watch this movie, I would watch it in 3D.
1: It adds a whole other dimension to the movie,
0: literally. It, it really does. It's, and I'm not a big fan of 3D. I'm, I'm usually not. No one is. <laughs> no one has been since the first one. But it, I feel like there's always some type of tech where Cameron just pushes the boundaries. And he's like, I want this new technology in my movie. I was watching uh, Chris Duckman's video on it and he was saying a lot of the same things that we are about, you know, this how mind blowing the visuals are. But I've also been seeing a lot of people online saying, oh, you know, people have been talking about how great the movie looks, but what about the story? And I feel like I kind of touched on that earlier where, you know, the story is simple. I think it's effective. I think it's emotional, even though, you know, the story is a simple one. There are ways for you to elevate how the characters portray certain emotions on screen and how you're able to pioneer your movie or your story into a certain, um, into a certain way or pioneer it into a specific message, which obviously for avatar, the way of the water would be, you know, family bonds and you know the importance of family because we, we see a lot of crazy crazy it's uh, it's hard it's heartbreaking at times for sure
1: it's fun it's funny you bring up Chris Suckman because uh, he was actually I spotted him at my screening yesterday so that's kind of cool
0: oh really yeah he's, he's, he's an Akron guy <laughs> cool hey you should have said hey like what's up
1: <laughs> go, sit, go sit next to him in the in the empty theater choose a, the spot next to him <laughs> How many people were at your uh, your screening? I would say only like five to 10.
0: Yeah, for us, it was, yeah, I'd say maybe about five to 12, maybe. Luckily, it was not a, it was, you know, screen uh, critics only screening. So we kind of just had the whole place to ourselves. I said at like the very top in the middle.
1: M- one thing, one thing I was going to bring up about the visuals, I, Maybe I'm just not cultured in the in the Na'vi culture, but I felt like I was having a difficult time differentiating some of them, S- specifically the two brothers. I was like, they look very similar. They are There is a height difference, but other than that, it's like, okay, which one is which? And then I never really memorized their names. And then it's it's difficult when it's a full-on Na'vi character and you don't know the actor for it because when they have an actor that you know, it's easy to to recognize the voice and put that to the face. Like with um, Jake's character, you hear that voice and you're like, okay, that's Jake for Nateria. You hear that. So face voice. You're, you can connect that to the face, but for the new ones, it's hard to connect it without seeing them in human form, which you obviously won't.
0: Right. And I think that that is a good point to bring up. Cause I wanted to talk about the, the children in this movie, specifically Jake Sully's uh, children. Uh, the the two brothers, yeah, for a, for a moment there, it took me a second to figure out who was who. Obviously, like you said, the high difference. But also, it was the way that their hair was styled as well. Um, the younger brother had more of like the ponytail and he had like the two little strands of braids kind of. Always, you know, wisping like around the front of his face, and then the older brother had the more fuller hair. Almost, you know, kind of just let it down just a little bit. So that that way, I was able to kind of differentiate. But yeah, when it first started out, I didn't know who was who. I'm like, wait, how many kids does Jake Sully have right now?
1: It was crazy. And then, then there's just this uh, wild, wild character running around uh, who's not <laughs> one of these kids. is not like the other. They put they put a lot they put a lot on his shoulders in this movie, which I thought was pretty interesting because he has a lot to do in this. I feel like they're setting that up for future sequels. Like he'll have a much bigger role, and he'll have like obviously he'll be a bigger part of the story. But it feels like they put a lot of on his shoulders here.
0: Yeah, there there is Spider. the The character's name is Spider, and he without giving you know the plot away he he is a he is an aftermath or almost like an afterthought of the events that happened in the first Avatar movie,
1: which actually makes a lot of sense. And he's still he's still not quite as weird as the Sigourney Weaver teenager.
0: So there's there's two things that I had like, I guess small gripes about or just gripes in general. Number one was the character of Spider. Um, I did watch Chris Duckman's uh, video and he kind of touched on, you know, how he was, you know, without giving anything away, his allegiances started to shuffle like a deck of cards almost. And it was kind of hard to pinpoint on what his moral compass was and what his beliefs were altogether. But that's all I'll say about For Spider. But I, I don't think he did a bad job at all. It was just... Maybe I need to see it again to kind of like fully understand because it just seemed like he was, you know, flip-flopping a little bit between um, a lot of the conflicts that were going on. And then the second thing, and again, I don't think Sigourney Weaver did a terrible job at all. I think she did a great job.
1: There's there's nothing she can do. Like, how are you supposed to sound like a teenager when you're very much so an adult?
0: Yes. So... When you know you you have all the children, you know, you know they they have all their their interactive scenes. We see a lot of the children in this movie. By the way, if if anything, it is more about the kids than it is the adults.
1: Yeah, it's definitely focused on the kids. Um Like the first one's obviously Jake's story, and this one he takes a backseat. Right, right, and
0: you know he's he's kind of has that that God of War uh boy thing going on there. There was with, one with... boy, yeah. I remember, I remember that. <laughs> he's he's kind of got the same vibe going on there a little bit, but you know we 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 see you know the the ocean Navi and then the forest Navi children. You know they're they're playing, they're messing around, yada yada yada. And then Sigourney Weaver's character comes in, and I do apologize, um Kiwi. What was it? eerie eerie Yeah.
1: Like kiwi with an R. So re, re-, re. No, just still starts with the K, but there's an R instead of the W.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, is this Riri Williams? I'm saying, so Kiri. I think Sigourney Weaver had a fantastic performance as Kiri. But you know, when when she's in these heavy dialogue scenes, or just messing around with the other children, or you know, when one of the children's running up to their parents saying, "Oh, you know." Mother, father...
1: It just sounds a little off. Yes. Yeah.
0: It doesn't sound bad, but it does sound off because you have all of these children who more or less are voiced by actual children, at least Jake Sully's kids. And then um, Erie's Eerie, right? Eerie. <laughs> Eerie. Okay. Oh, Kiri. Ke- okay, I'm sorry. My, my mic's messing up. I mean, my headphones are messing up. So Kiri... She is born out of particular circumstances that we're not going to get into. You just have to watch the movie. Uh, but Zex its very interesting. I actually, i was very um, interest, um, interesting by her character development. So, but it was yeah. Every time you know her voice is mixed in with the children, it just—it doesn't sound like she is age that she is. Clearly, she is a little bit older. I think she's maybe in between the age of the youngest brother and the oldest brother of Jake's children which Kiri is also a part of Jake's children um just not biologically but yeah it, it it just it sounded a little off for some reason i mean it was it's always great to see uh Sigourney Reaver back you know having her come back to the world of Pandora but I feel like they might have you know just casted. Little a, forced. Yeah, just a little forced. Maybe just cast an actual teenager next time. But again, that is such a small gripe that I have the that I have with the uh with the movie because I, I think Kiri has one of the more interesting story arcs throughout um this this three hour epic altogether. But it's like the smallest thing <laughs> that you know. It may seem like I'm making a big deal deal out of it, but I promise you that <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's just something that I noticed. Uh, but Devin, did you have any other like concerns or gripes about the movie that we haven't been able to touch on yet?
1: I think we covered it all.
0: Okay, actually, wanted to bring this little trivia thing up before we kind of close out here. <laughs> So Edward Norton turned down a role after finding out he'd be playing a human, being uh, more interested in playing the Na'vi. James Cameron, who still wanted to work with Norton, eventually had him cast as Nova in Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> oh,
1: I forgot that even existed, that little end credit scene.
0: What? Alita Battle Angel? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause Cameron was a part of, yeah, he's a part of that too, but I I don't know. It's, it's been a very interesting ride with Avatar. I feel like a lot of people either try to play it off saying, you know, you know, like it is what it is. It's not all that great. And I mean, I'm kind of in that camp. I mean, the first Avatar I think is a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. It,
1: it was a pretty rough watch yesterday though. Um, after all these years, like I was, I was watching it, and then I, I I paused it at one point because I had to go get something, and I saw it was at an hour twenty one, and there was a, another hour twenty one left, and I was like, oh no, it's so <laughs> much left. I was like, I thought I was, I thought I was breezing through this, but there's just so much. It just kind of like floats along until the end where there's some action at least. So I will say, for the
0: first Avatar movie, I was very i was actually impressed how how well the cgi held up cuz obviously you know with when it comes to the first avatar you you know it's half humans half na'vi you really just want to get back to the na'vi you know scenes and i think those are the strongest parts of that of the first movie but i will say i actually think the first avatar is like wonderfully paced like i made it like i think an hour and forty-five into, it until I had to like use. It. I was surprised of how much ground I covered. I was like, this doesn't feel like I'm sitting here for three hours altogether. But you know, it is. It has like a beginning, middle, and end. Everything wraps up at the end of the first movie, and I feel like for this one. I mean, the last hour, it's like you said, it's action packed. It's so emotional when it comes to the story. I know we haven't really touched on the story as much, but the story is better than the first. You know, it's, you know, this is nothing like, oh my gosh, like it's like the best story ever, but it is a very good story. And when it comes to these, you know, more simple story driven scenarios or films, I think that is when you're able to really make a movie shine because I think everyone's gonna like this movie. I mean I I, we'll probably be getting Avatar three and four. Hopefully we won't have to wait as long, but James Cameron has done a really great has done a really great job of world building when it comes to the Navi altogether. Even though you know there are a lot of similarities to the first one, obviously um, when it comes to a lot of the familiar faces, when it comes to the villains of the first one and just the overall, you know, Jake essentially trying to find a new sense of belonging on Pandora because of the events that happened in the first movie and the sky people. But like I said before, it's, it's all about, you know, first one is about deforestation when it comes to Avatar one and just a lot of these environmental issues, that are popping up on screen that I think people should be paying attention to. And if a child's able to understand that, I think Avatar the Way of the Water has done its job, if that makes any sense.
1: But yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> it's I don't know. I mean, like I feel like I'm gushing over here, you know. It's I mean, I heck I, I like the movie. I liked it a lot. I want to go see it again. I, I think you need to go see this with. Family, or you know your significant other, whoever it may be, but I gotta hand it to Cameron. Job well done, just job well done altogether. It 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 is truly a spectacle. I was just <laughs> blown away by all those water physics. Those water physics had me just. Phew. The characters very they were in that ca- water. Yeah, yeah, but even the characters themselves, like they're relatable. And it's not like this isn't something that people should shy away from because it is a easy to follow story. This isn't a story that's trying to act smarter than what it is. This is a story about, you know, the the environment when it comes to our oceans and family ties and the importance of family. That's what this movie is about. If you want to, you know strip it down to like some of the themes but everyone's going to be able to follow this with no issues whatsoever so if there is a three-hour movie that you want to watch this year go see avatar the way of the water and especially in 3d if you can see it in 3d go watch it in 3d because that is that is the true movie right there <laughs> i was wow oh my gosh Every single time something appeared I was like i every everyone felt so real devin like I felt like i I, I could just jump through that screen
1: I think that's the biggest improvement from the first to the second because the first one it felt like they looked they looked pretty goofy a lot of the times the uh the Navi they just kind of didn't really look like they fit in on on the screen, but for this one they looked they look more real like more natural
0: yeah. And like I said before, listeners out there, we're not big fans of 3D. Honestly, I think James Cameron is the person who kind of pioneered that 3D um, you know, element into a lot of movies. And you see a lot of other movies out there that add 3D that weren't made for 3D um, you know, storytelling. But <laughs> he, <laughs> he's done it again. <laughs> he's done it again. He's done it again. It's crazy. But let's get into our scores here. Cause I feel like we've been talking about this for a while here, actually longer than I thought, but Hey, it's, the more we talk about a movie, it's all good. <laughs> so Devin, what would you rate avatar the way of water? And will you see this
1: again? Um, I might see it again. If, if friends or family um, ask to go and, I and mean, that 3D ticket's a little pricey. I don't know. Probably like 20 bucks. I, don't, I haven't even looked. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. For, for the 3D, like, I mean, it, it's one thing to see in an IMAX. Like, so we saw it in IMAX and 3D. And at first I was bummed. But once I found out that my 3D glasses fit over my actual glasses, I was like, all right, let, let, let's do this thing. It was... It was there. But I do agree. If family, friends want to go see it, I I want to see the look on other people's faces. Like, I don't want to just experience this alone. I've already done that once. We both have. So if we see it again, we definitely got to take our families, whoever it may be. Because I want to see the look on people's faces when they see everything and when they experience the story the visuals everything
1: yeah as far as score goes i'd probably go with like a solid 86 like i mentioned the second act definitely is a, is a bit of a struggle for me but other than that the visuals are unbeatable like we, we talk about it all the time but this is really like cutting edge technology and you can definitely tell that and it's it's so cool to see especially the 3d scenes underwater like we mentioned and it, it was cool to get back into this world. Like I said, I like the setup where we get some familiar faces back, and I like the way they did that. It, it, it felt natural, and, and it was a pretty creative way of doing it. So
0: mm-hmm. definitely
1: definitely impressed overall. For me, I think I was going to give this it's like a
0: solid 90 out of 100. I think right now, Rotten Tomatoes, at least for the tomato meter, at, sitting at 84, which is exactly where I probably... Would uh, put this for a lot of critics, but I mean, the this movie just has a way of pulling you in, like into the deep end, like quite literally, literally and figuratively. It, I mean, <laughs> James Cameron's he, he's done it again. That, that's all I can say. It really, it actually has kind of like rekindled my interest in this world because. I, I do like I'm I'm in it for the ride. Like I want to see where this goes. You know, this isn't my favorite movie franchise by any means. You know, we've only had two movies so far, considering how it took 13 years for this one to come out, but you see why it took so long for this movie to come out because James Cameron is so hellbent on like attention to detail for like every like every single, every single shot every single piece of dialogue, every single sh- uh, scene that happens. It's, it's crazy, but I mean, job well done. I mean, I didn't, I mean, going into this, I didn't like, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, you know, like this is going to be terrible, but like, I just didn't know what to expect because you know, like you said, Devin, and it it's been so long since we've been introduced to this world and I hope it doesn't take longer to, get to avatar three and or four if you know if if he makes it that far but there's so much movie in this movie (laughs) that's all i have to say (laughs) it's it's crazy but with all that said that concludes our avatar the way of water spoiler free review here on the podcast and if you like what you heard on today's episode please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Optics. that is optics with an X. And as always, you can share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Make sure to share an episode of the FilmOptics podcast with a movie lover in need. And now let's take a sneak peek of what's coming up on our show for the rest of the year. So what's out right now for people to go ahead and listen to, you can uh, listen to our Violent Night review, as well as our Willow episode one through three spoiler-free review, and our Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special review are now available on podcast platforms around the internet. And what's on deck for our podcast throughout the end of the year, we have our top five favorite christmas movies episode that we'll be dropping next week possibly around the uh, i say 18th 19th of december right before christmas just in time for christmas and as well as our the whale review and our babylon review as well and both of those are spoiler free you know these are bigger movies that are coming out this year we try to just, you know, keep, keep the secrets under wraps. We want people to ex, uh, experience these movies as, you know, as the way that they were meant to be. You know, we, we, we love you guys that much. But with all that stated, let's dive into our Blu-ray review of The Woman King. When it rains, our ancestors weep for the pain we have felt in the dark hulls of ships bound for distant shores.
1: When the wind blows, our ancestors push us to march into battle against those who enslave us.
0: When it thunders, our ancestors demand we rip the shackles of doubt from our minds and fight with courage. We fight not just for today but for the future
1: we are the spear of victory we are the blade of freedom Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo!
0: And we are back with our The Woman King Blu-ray review. This is a review copy provided by Sony. So, thank you to Sony for sending me this review copy for the purposes of this podcast episode. So, the... Woman King is now available to purchase at your local retail store, including Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, Target, you name it, it's there. As I mentioned before, today I'm going to be covering the standard Blu-ray copy of the Woman King There is also a 4K UHD copy of this film that is priced at $24.99, while the standard Blu-ray is priced at $19.99 at your local retail stores. So... For those who don't know about The Woman King, or at least about this film, this film is inspired by true events. This is the remarkable, action-packed story about an all-female unit of warriors who protected the African Kingdom of Dahomey with skills and fierceness unlike any other the world has ever seen. So this film follows the epic and intense journey of General Nazca, which is played by Oscar-winner Viola Davis as she trains the next generation of recruits and readies them for battle against an enemy determined to destroy their way of life. So before I get into the picture and the audio and the special features of this movie, I just want to say that I'm actually a little ashamed of myself for putting this movie on the back burner for as long as I did. This is movie is a true gladiator movie of the 2020s it is a fantastic dramatic and action-packed blockbuster with superb acting and direction and viola davis as always is deserving of being the world's most famous actress because of it And if you enjoy movies such as 300 or Gladiator, or heck, even Black Panther, this film is right up your alley. This is a rousing, intense, and passionate historical action drama with an outstanding cast. Like I said, if you haven't seen this movie, definitely go pick it up on Blu-ray. Definitely go pick it up on digital. I don't believe it's streaming anywhere, which I think is more of a good thing because I think everyone should own a copy of this movie one way or another so as far as the picture goes for the woman king on blu-ray at least the film's color palette is predominantly earthy and there are plenty of color bursts on the garments and natural greens to admire in this film there's not a lot of flashy garments or whatnot but there's rather a anchored and color perfection that mixes very nicely with the surrounding environment of the African Plains. The black level depth of this film is excellent, especially during the night scenes, and the white balance is also superb, and... The skin tones of each actor and or actress looks healthy and natural. There's no complaints on my end. This is a first rate standard Blu-ray picture from Sony. As far as the audio is concerned, I've always felt like Sony has treated their standard blu-ray releases more as second class citizens more than away it feels that they really push the 4k uhd copies which i totally understand but there are a lot of people out there who do not own a 4k blu-ray player or a playstation 5 for that matter and it is a bit disappointing that the dolby atmos soundtrack is only available on the 4k uhd disc but At the same time, I kind of get it, but it would have been nice to add that to the Blu-ray release. But I will say the DTS HD Master Audio 5.1 is no joke on this Blu-ray. You can hear every single sword swing, every single blade crash, and every single bone break as if you are one with this tribe. But there are times where I feel as if the audio is missing an entire level of immersion. I mean, with the 4K disc, you get this this track that's so seamless, but I feel as if the audio on the standard Blu-ray does maintain a level of quality. It does maintain a level of quality. It does maintain those action sequences well. And I feel as if fans will be thrilled each time chaos explodes on the screen. So, moving on to the special features, there are an assortment of bonus content that you get with the standard Blu ray, including A Caterpillar's Destruction, which is exploring Viola Davis's draw to the film. And to the material and how it spoke to her at her very depth. Um, as well as the character she plays, the physical training, and the stunt work that she had to endure. It's, it's a pretty interesting uh, piece of bonus feature on this Blu-ray. And there's a few other things that you get with this. As well as a audio commentary with the director, uh, Gina prince uh, Bithwood And the editor... As well. And there's also a nice little special feature called Representation Matters, which is the opportunity to explore African history through the film and the connection to the modern day, connecting with the characters of the film and the real history behind the Agoji Warriors, combat tactics, the film's historical accuracy, also accompanying with trying to cast darker skinned actors and more. So as for my final thoughts go on whether or not you should pick up The Woman King on standard Blu-ray and or 4K Blu-ray as well, regardless, I highly recommend it to any movie fan or Viola Davis fan out there. The Woman King is a highly talented, well-crafted, and meaningful film that tells a narrative of empowerment, but also of vital humanity. And it's well crafted from start to finish with Viola Davis shining in the starring role. And I think Sony's Blu-ray offers a great video and audio presentations as well as a pleasing amount of bonus content when it comes to these special features. So that concludes our Blu-ray review of The Woman King here on the show. Again, if you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics Podcast with a movie lover, in need and with all that said that it's a wrap for today thank you all for listening and if you enjoy the show leave us a five-star rating and review on apple podcast and spotify and follow us on twitter and instagram to stay in the know at film optics again that is optics with an x i'm your host christian and i will see you guys in the next one